Hello. Hello. I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. Um, so I totally hesitated there for a minute because I almost forgot my name. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that kind of week. It's fine. Oh, you all know what kind of a week it's I'm been? Ron Burgundy. <laughs> On my way back tonight, the, you know the the light um by the you know the light by toppers in the post office. Yes. Um, I it I had hit so many red lights trying to get home to bring dinner and stuff, and I hit that red light and I legit screamed at the. Red light. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Today. <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's so great. Uh, and it also probably doesn't help when I come home complaining about how dumb people are. <laughs> that's like our everyday conversation. <laughs> Why are these people so stupid? <laughs> well, <sighs> you know. But um, I have a joke for you. I'm ready. What's the safest way to pay for stuff when you're buying from creatures on the dark web? <gasps> I don't know. What? Use cryptocurrency. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't get that. Like the Bitcoin business and stuff? Yeah. It's probably best if you don't. Okay, that's fine. All right, good. Well, I have a joke. Go for it. (laughs) What is a vampire's favorite fruit? I don't know. A nectarine. Ha! Well played, (laughs) my dear. I saw that. I was like, yep, mm -hmm, that's going in. Yes. Uh, should we do ghouls news yes do we have a song for that? <laughs> <laughs> i was like I, I took a breath like is she gonna do it is she gonna do it? I, okay I we know. can do it now okay okay ghouls news ghouls news we're a mess <laughs> <laughs> we're a mess that was great <laughs> um well, we thought it would be fun too because we talk about a lot of popular films and uh, horror films that are probably a little more well known within the community. Mm-hmm. But there are so many amazing films coming out and shows. There's just so much content on so many different streaming platforms. Yes, lots of watching to do. Tons of watching. We will <laughs> never ever see it all. But something that we thought would be great to include each week is an indie movie recommendation that you, our listeners, may not be familiar with, you may be familiar with, uh, and we're just late to the party, which happens sometimes because we're busy and we're tired. Mm -hmm. So we thought we would give recommendations for something that we have watched recently. Yes. Would you like to go first? I will. Okay, so I actually watched this one a couple weeks ago, but I thought it was a good one to point out, and it's called The Perfect. And it is on Netflix. And um, so it came out on Netflix on um, uh, May 24th, uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, But I actually didn't get to see it until like, obviously, way later. Um, But it is a psychological horror. And it's directed by Richard Shepard. And he also wrote the script. Um, But it stars Allison Williams from Get Out. Oh, hey. So we already know it's creepy because <laughs> you know how she wasn't get out. I liked her. Yes. And then uh, Logan Browning, um, who is from Dear White People. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that series or the movie, you should watch you it. You should. And then also Steven Weber is Ooh. also in this. I do love me some Steven Weber. Yes. So 
basically just a little short about it um so there is a uh musician her name is charlotte she's kind of going through a thing and so she seeks out um elizabeth who is allison williams um and she's the like kind of the new star mm-hmm. of like her former school mm-hmm. and she kind of seeks out to her to like you know help her mm-hmm. figure out and then it just all goes downhill from there groovy yeah i dig it it was great <laughs> check it out check it yo netflix netflix in honor of our topic today, the film that I picked is called Pie Wacket. Ah. And it was filmed in Canada. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So it was originally released in 2017. Actually has pretty solid reviews with the exception of uh, IMDb because I don't know how much I trust those. But, eh. you know, here we are. <laughs> but it has an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes and 76% of Google users liked it. Oh. So it was it was actually really, really good. It was very unique, very creative. It was filmed really interestingly. Okay. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. <laughs> um, I really, really enjoyed it. It's on Hulu, but background is... Follows an angsty young girl who reminds me so much of myself. (laughs) I felt so attacked watching this. And sadly, her father dies when she's she's very, very young. Um, Not very, very young. She's an adolescent. But her father dies. Mom's falling apart. They end up needing to move. Mother, daughter have a falling out. So this is the part where it stops reminding me of me because I never tried this, nor would I ever. I love my mother dearly. She then performs a ritual in the woods to summon a demon to kill her mother. Oh, gosh, that's a terrible idea. And then decides exactly that, that it's a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that reminds me of? Hmm. Like, you know, what happened in the Disney movie Brave? (gasps) Yeah. Where she gets the the potion to turn her mother into, into a, bear, a bear so she doesn't have to marry anybody and then she finally decided you know what that probably wasn't the best idea probably shouldn't have tried to turn my mother into a bear <laughs> ironically enough my mother loves bears <laughs> don't turn your mom into a bear no 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 it's not a good idea never no i love her she can stay she's a good mom okay. <laughs> but yes yeah, so uh pie Wacket, it's on hulu check it out it's it's a great movie i really really enjoyed it um i'm also fascinated with this phenomenon of hiring 20 year old kids to play 16 year olds but (laughs) here we are yeah yeah that happens a lot like or 30 year olds to play teenagers all right (laughs) it just yeah 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 (laughs) and also i am fascinated by the fact that teen looking at teenagers i hate we're not that old we're really not we're in our 30s and i hate looking at 16 year olds on tiktok and they look not much younger than me Mm-hmm. what yeah. happened i don't know just, what i don't know drugs or, <laughs> or, or i mean it's probably mean to say but i'm but also, they age you right but I remember, too, I was not allowed to wear any makeup. I wasn't either. Until I was 13. Oh, I wasn't allowed to wear it until I, like, barely after 16. Well, I was allowed to wear it when I was 13, but I was only allowed to wear mascara and a tiny bit of rouge. Oh, okay. And that was it. And then 
I think when I was 15 or 16. We didn't have Sephora's on every street corner when yeah, we were kids. Yeah, that's true. But you know, you know what's funny about that is that, you know, all these young girls have all of this makeup at their fingertips. And social media teaching them how to use it. Hello, YouTube. But somehow they look older than us. That's weird. Anyway. <laughs> Kiddos, when you reach a certain age, you're going to want to stop looking older. Yeah. Let right. me tell you. You're going to spend Stay a lot of Stay young forever. Yeah. You're going to start spending a lot of money to look not old. Exactly. That's <laughs> 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 my $70 serum I just had to buy. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, just just a note. When you reach your 30s, you need a serum you need for your face. You need a serum. <laughs> God. Uh, and that is my tirade on skincare. Right, exactly. <laughs> Shall we get into booze news? Wait, one more. Oh! Oh, yeah. Snackies, <laughs> yes. So, um, we want to let you guys know that Kitty FX Shop is open. Yay, the best news! So, please don't forget to go check them out and use our code SQUAGGLES for 15% off your order. And we also have that link oh, yes. on our website. So if you go to www.thesquadghouls.com, there will be a link to Kitty FX Shop as well. And if you click that link, it automatically applies your discount at checkout and you don't have to use the code or you cannot go to our website and use the code. Yes. It's up to you. But our website has fun stuff on it. Either way, we have a code and you get 15% off. Yeah, so, so use it. Save money. <laughs> Buy cool things. Yes. Support small business. Exactly. All right. All right. Now, now we are I'm ready done, for booze news. Jump in the gun. Booze news. Booze news. <laughs> We're doing great. We're doing great. It's fine. Oh, what is life? One of these days, we're just going to pre-record it and <laughs> just drop it in. With like the little xylophone from Rydell <gasps> High in Greece. Oh my God. Can do, I do, do the xylophone? Do, 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 do. You know, that's the one instrument we don't have in this house is a xylophone. Oh. And I played it in drumline for a minute. Oh, well, we need it now. I just let out that I was in drumline. That was It's fine. I mean, we're nerds, so <laughs> it's fine. I also played B-flat clarinet in junior high. B-flat clarinet? In the house. <laughs> I didn't oh, play anything. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Okay. Your nerd is showing. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, okay. So, Elijah Wood has a production company. I did not know this. Totally did not know that. But he has one. Mm-hmm. And it's called Spectre Vision. Uh-huh. And he has... He released uh, the movie Mandy um, on his production company. But now, he has a new movie coming out. And it's called No Man of God. And Elijah Wood plays uh, the FBI agent who Ted Bundy confessed his serial murders to. Yes. So Entertainment Weekly actually uh, had a whole article about it. And they actually released um, the first few images uh, from this true crime drama. Mm -hmm. Yay. So giving you like the first look. So he's playing the FBI agent. His name is Bill Hagmeyer. Oh, good job. Yes. And I I, I try. (laughs) (laughs) And then Luke Kirby is going to play Ted Bundy. So, Quick, quickly Googles. I'm like, I don't know who he is either. Okay, I just want to But his name is Luke Kirby. Does he look like a crazy person? I mean, when I saw the pictures, he kind of looks like Ted Bundy. But... He's he's a Canuck! Oh, oh. I know who this guy is. He's this guy. He's that guy. Oh, I do know who that is. Yeah. He really does look like Ted Bundy. He has a name. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I will say, Zac Efron did a really good job, too. He's Lenny Bruce. How did I not know that? In Ms. The Marvelous Ms. Maisel. I mean, I could see... I I'm, I know his face. I but just couldn't tell you. looking at name. him, I think he is the best choice, like, face-wise, for Ted Bundy. Yeah, he kind of got that crazy look. Yeah. Down. Yeah, that's just pretty... I mean, cut the hair down and... Fuck it up a little more. Yeah. He's gonna be good. Well, I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. And Elijah Wood has a production company. So there we are. Oh, he was also in... <laughs> that's why. He was also in that movie, A Dog's Purpose. And I just don't watch movies about dogs because the dog always dies. And I yeah. just... I will not do that to myself. Yeah, don't watch that. Nope. I did. And nope. it was a mistake. Um. Like, you mean to tell me the whole premise of the movie is the dog dying over and over and over. Count me out. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like animals to die. Stop. And stop killing the dogs. Stop. And the cats. No, if you're going to kill... What's it really... If kill spiders. Yeah. Just kill the spider. Like, why there was a whole movie called Arachnophobia and nobody was, Girl, like, getting out a shoe or anything. I refuse to turn off because old. <laughs> I refuse to turn off lights in my mother's house for probably a good 12 months after seeing that movie because remember when the lady sticks her hand out to turn it off and the spider drops down and bites her yeah yeah and then that. she dies yeah yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. then bye bye the shower one got me oh and it like runs yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm sorry but i love how they were like trying to fight the spiders in that movie and it's like okay you know what you do you just get out and you burn the house down but you know i did learn that you can make a flamethrower out of spray paint after that that's yeah because I, I was mean, young when that came out mm-hmm. so i, I did learn that from that yeah Thanks, Jeff Daniels. Well, you learned something. Yeah. Anyway. Continuing on with the zoos. Yes. So, um, Epics is continuing to compete for some horror fan dollars. And they are uh, coming out with an eight-film Blumhouse collaboration. And then also, along with that, a new original series was also just been announced. So, uh, detailed by Deadline, Epics has given the green light to a sci-fi horror series titled Frum. And this will be created by John Griffin and with 10 episodes ordered up. <laughs> oh, what happened? What did I do? I just got the giggles thinking about all of these, um, these horror movies that have one word. Oh. Us, them from but but i started thinking about a a mutual friend and roller derby colleague of ours at a certain bachelorette party when we were singing lean on me and all we got was like the one word drunken friend that's gonna be the that's gonna be the next uh movie from (laughs) oh that's why that's why i got the giggles did i did i mess up no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry that's why i got the giggles and now i'm laughing about it because i'm thinking about me falling off the bed anyway um okay so all right so as i said it was written by john griffin and so from from unravels the mystery of a nightmarish town sorry keep saying from just keep doing it in middle in middle america that traps all those who enter and as the unwilling residents fight to keep a sense of normalcy and search for a way out they must also uh, they must also survive the threats of the surrounding forest including the terrifying creatures that come out when the sun goes down so it's going to come out in 2022 
Groovy. Epics trying to get them dollars right. from the spooky fans. So eight films with Blumhouse. Again. Again. They're getting on that. They're, they're like, oh, well, if Hulu can do it. Right. Then we can too. <laughs> Yen can cook and you can too. But I, I got to be honest. I don't really watch Epics. Like, I have cable, and I don't really watch it. I couldn't tell you anything that's on there, really. Right, exactly. I think occasionally a good movie or two will come on there, but that's about it. So maybe that's why they're trying to they're trying to reel us in. But I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you right now I'm not going to join another streaming service. No, <laughs> I think I've I've reached my quota to no, be honest. No, we have too many. Between yeah, mm-hmm. there's too many. I mean, even through our shared streaming services, it's still a lot. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's crazy town. So uh, last month it was released that Rob Zombie is actually going to be putting his own spin on the Monsters series. I'm so scared. Film version. I am petrified. I'm real scared. <laughs> so it's actually going to begin filming next month in Budapest. Interesting. And for some perspective... Each of his films has a budget of approximately $15 million, or Well, actually pretty low. So Halloween was a $15 million budget. The Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses had $7 million. Lords of Salem was $1.5. And Three from Hell was $3 million. Anyway, so the reason I'm bringing this up is this film take on the Munsters mm-hmm. has a budget between the $30 and $40 million range. Oh, my God. Give Rob Zombie more money, more fake blood, <laughs> more limbs flying places. I'm just, I'm really scared that they're going to give him all this money and it's still, it's going to be terrible. So wait for it. <laughs> oh, okay. It sounds as though this is going to be his first PG-13 or even worse, PG-rated movie. <gasps> right? So <laughs> that tells me. Okay. That there are less people getting turned into half human, half mermaids and other crazy things. Mm-hmm. And perhaps some actual story? Hmm. Who knows? Maybe. We'll find out. Well, we'll see. We will see. So, we also know that James Wan actually passed the directing baton to Michael Chavez, who did the Curse of La Llorona, and he actually did The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It as well, which we know will be coming to theaters and HBO Max on June 4th. And we have also received our confirmation that The Conjuring 3, just like its two predecessors, received an R reading. R reading. Wait. R rating. (laughs) Reading is fundamental. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Received an R rating from the Motion Picture Association. Okay. Well, I I mean, I figured it was going to be rated R. Yep. For terror, violence, and some disturbing images. Lots of disturbing images. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I can't wait. That's not that long from now. It really isn't. I I forget that it's... Like movies, things, theaters, popcorn, fully vaccinated. Oh, next Tuesday we're fully vaccinated. It's our yep. two week mark. I'm excited. We're doing like I'm this, feel more com- pump thing. Yeah, I know. I'll feel more comfortable doing things now. I'll feel more comfortable <laughs> eating popcorn in a crowded room mm. with strangers. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. Indeed. 
<laughs> well, moving on to New Year Who This, we're going to share some more great small businesses that you should be checking out because small businesses need your help. Yeah, they do. Other than you, I mean, you spend enough time on Amazon. You don't need to go there anymore. No, so. <laughs> stop paying Jeff Bezos money. Um, so I wanted to share this cool little uh, shop that I found on Etsy. It's called Sweetheart Clothing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know? Girl, it's clothes. <laughs> I was like, why hasn't anybody told me about this? <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, but it's very similar to someone else we like, uh, Vintage Inspired by Jackie. Yes. Um, and those of you who don't know, she is very popular um, making... Disney-bound well, dresses. Basically, yes. So here is a take. Uh, it's the same thing, but her thing is a little bit more like comics uh she has her princess stuff and all that but she has superheroes and then of course spooky stuff my favorite is the goosebumps dress yeah that goosebumps one is real cute i need it i know i i know i could probably make it but <laughs> i might have her make it um but she's got some really cute stuff on there please check out sweetheart clothing on etsy and also she has an instagram so check it out groovy i picked katherine Lindsay, Ooh. who is a really amazing artist on etsy so she actually has been at season screamings yes and i purchased a few prints from her then but she actually has some new fun stuff for spring uh one of the things that i bought was a it's kind of a green themed line of of prints oh so nice. there's three of them that i bought one is a witch teacup that has flowers and a little broom in it Ooh. and then there's another one that's a witch boot with all kinds of flowers and shit blooming out of it i would love that oh it's super cute and my favorite is the little skeleton glowworm that's reading a book or it's a skeleton weed that's reading a little book about growing in a time of death and stuff like that it's really, really cute super cute so i'm super excited for those to come like, that should be the logo for our book club <laughs> right <laughs> right oh that's cute yeah she's and she's got some fun enamel print prints i'm doing awesome <laughs> pins as well so i bought those three prints and i highly encourage everyone to check out her etsy shop she's a wonderful artist and an even more wonderful gal uh katherine Lindsay. yay i'm gonna have to go look at those I think I'm going to want some. There's some cute ones. There's some really cute kitty ones, too. Oh, kitties. Mm-hmm. So today, we thought, since we have a good chunk of listeners in Canada. Oh, Canada. I don't know at all. That's the only part of the song I know. Well, you know more than me. Um, <laughs> I'm like, as, as many hockey games as I've been to. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know why I... I feel like I should know it. But anyway, so we thought it'd be cool to talk about uh, some haunted places in Canada. But more specifically, we're going to do Haunted Toronto today. Hooray! Yay! We love you, Canada! Yes, thank you for being like one of the biggest areas where we're listened to. Yeah, and that, <laughs> so when, when we look at the Podbean app, which is our posting, hostings platform, oh, man batting a thousand today uh podbean's our hosting platform and it shows you demographics for where most your listeners are shockingly 
The number two highest, so most of our listeners are in California. Second highest is in Texas. Third highest, I think, is North Carolina, which those two really surprised me for some reason. But mm-hmm. we love you, Texas and yeah, North Carolina. Thank you. Thank you for supporting us. But <laughs> it also shows you in specific countries, I think Australia and Canada, it shows you the breakdown of where specifically in those countries your listeners are from. And most of our Canadian listeners happen to live in Ontario. That's cool. The province where Toronto is. Yeah. Yes. Hey. That was good. That's real good. (laughs) You want to start? Sure. I will start. Go ahead. Okay. So the first place I picked is the Christie Mansion. But also I picked it because of the cookies. (laughs) You know me. I like snacks. Cookies. The Christie cookies. What's Christie cookies? Uh, well, because you probably don't know it as Christie cookies. You probably know it as the Nabisco company. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> but yes, um, snacks. Anyway, so getting into a little bit of the background. So Mr. Christie. Oh, oh, yeah. They're delicious. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Anyway, so, <laughs> so Mr. Christie first came to Toronto in 1848. He was still a neat. A t- <laughs> I can't talk today. Sorry. I'm rubbing off on you. I'm sorry. It's my fault. <laughs> he still was a teenager back then, but he had already spent a few years as an apprentice to a baker back home in Scotland. 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 <laughs> when he arrived in Canada, he got a job working at a bakery on Yonge near Davisville for our Toronto listeners. Let us know where that is. Um, <laughs> he'd spend his nights uh, baking bread, and in the mornings, he would push a handcart down into the nearby village of Yorkville. Still, um, it was still its own uh, municipality um, back then um, to sell like all of his goods. So things went really well, and then within a few years, he owned his own company. So he partnered uh, with. Um, the last name Brown, I'm sorry, I forgot the first name <laughs> and I didn't put it in my notes, but uh, he partnered with his old boss and they started uh, making award-winning cookies. Mm. Yay! Yeah, I, so, I know, I'm probably going to get one after this. Anyway, <laughs> so in 1860, when he was just 30 years old, Mr. Christie already employed uh, a staff of five people baking by hand big thing um and then from there the business quickly expanded so by 1874 the steam-powered uh christy brown and company factory took up an entire city block dang really really cool so the business and it kept growing so it's good i mean it's cookies how could it not do good totally (laughs) one cookie is good more cookies is way better yeah the whole box is just fine (laughs) so um, so by the time the, the 1800s drew to a close, Mr. Christie employed two out of every uh, three people in the entire Canadian biscuit manufacturing industry. Ooh. It was big. Big thing. I like that it says biscuit making. I mean, cookies. <laughs> I didn't realize that they're called Canadian biscuits. Yeah. Oh. I just love Basically, cookies. AKA cookies. Canadian. But next time I'm going to bring you a box of Canadian biscuits. 
biscuits. Canadian biscuits, aka poutine. Oh. Well, no, no, no. That's different. But I love poutine. Me too. I cannot have it anymore. And but. now we're gonna have to <laughs> go get some now. <laughs> Google's recipes for vegan poutine. I know. <laughs> So, um, so Mr. Christie died of cancer in June of 1900. So William Mellis Christie was one of the most famous businessmen in Canada. Um, this is his son. So he built a fortune, traveled around the world and became a huge public figure. And he was a trustee, um, of the university of Toronto and a member of the board of trade. Fun fact. I applied to and got into the university of toronto because they actually have (gasps) they have a neurobiology program that i really wanted to do but i couldn't afford to go oh yeah (laughs) that that would be cool though but the the school is freaking gorgeous and yes they had a cellular neurobiology program that i really wanted to do oh but it was smarty pants no i just (laughs) i just like science well there's really cool so christie street was named in his honor and his mansion stood in one of the highest profile spots in toronto which is across the street from queen queen's park at the corner of wesley that means nothing to me but queen's park sounds nice Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and that's where he passed away and so he was laid to rest in mount pleasant cemetery and then his son robert inherited everything the money the business and the christie mansion so here's the problem (laughs) robert christie had a mistress i mean who doesn't i mean we knew it was coming sure um (laughs) and while he was living in the christie mansion with his family he decided um she should live there too oh okay one big happy family it's fine so he decided to keep her in a hidden secret chamber behind the wood paneling in the library shut up your st louis is showing library Oh, I did it again. <laughs> no, I love it. You know what? It's fine. No, no, no. I We're love just gonna it. <laughs> no, because... I just like to say your St. Louis is showing. That's <laughs> I can't all. Help it. No, it's perfect. Thanks, thanks, Granny. Um, <laughs> anyway. some, I gotta tell you, that's some boxing Helena shit right there. If anybody else has seen boxing Helena, <laughs> yes. you know what I'm talking about. Yep, I know what you're talking about. Oh my god, creepy. And it's called Room 29. Ugh. It was fully furnished with a bed and a bathroom and a butler to bring her all of her meals so she would never have to leave. Creepy. Like, who would, who would, what woman would be like, yeah, you know what? That's fine. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, that that sounds great to me. I'll live in a, I'll I'll live in the I'm not going to say what that sounds like because it's too soon, (laughs) but there is somebody here in America who did that, who is now in jail. Thank God. (laughs) <laughs> but this oh, oh was that the guy in ohio no okay i'm just gonna say it some r kelly bullshit <laughs> oh yeah sorry <laughs> i know it's still like a very touchy subject but this some R-Kelly. i didn't know he did that too oh yeah like they could never leave oh i thought you were talking about the guy in ohio that i mean also that because i just i remember that video on reddit the dead giveaway video where they oh, the guys dig giveaway. Away. <laughs> yeah, that guy too. <laughs> we are terrible. I thought you were talking about that guy. I mean, also similar situation. Because he had all those girls in the basement. 
Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, the neighbors. I knew something was up when a white girl went running into a black man's arms. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so bad. So bad. It was so bad. He said, dang, <sighs> giveaway. I know. It's so bad. But anyway, well, I guess there's like lots of situations that may be similar to this. We but- had ribs with this dude. <laughs> Do you remember that part? That was yes. my favorite part of the whole song. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, we're oh gosh! All right, Robert Christie, you're um. <laughs> Ted giveaway. <laughs> you and your hidden room twenty nine. Anyway. I hope you all laugh as much as we do. If you don't, I'm gonna be so sad. I know. I'm really sad. About this. Anyway, so. Uh, okay, so. As all mistress stories go, Robert eventually began to tire of her. Dead giveaway. (laughs) So unvalued, unloved, entirely alone, and unable to leave, his mistress hung herself. Oh, how sad. It's really sad. Um, They say Robert had her body secretly removed under the cover of darkness and buried somewhere on the grounds of Queen's Park. Ooh. Yeah. Some creepy stories about that, too. Um, Some claim the guilt drove him to distraction. The business suffered. He was forced to sell the mansion to the university. And soon he followed his father to the grave. And then uh, we have Inter Nabisco. We all know. Bought out the company and gave it the famous slogan, Mr. Christie, you make good cookies. I didn't really know that slogan. I didn't either. Okay. It's fine. But it is the home to what we know as Oreos, Fudgios, and Chips Ahoy. Oreos are vegan. Fun fact. Yes. Eat all of them. Um. (laughs) There's all that, you know, red number 30 whatever, but... But hey, they're vegan! Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, shortly before he died, as I mentioned, he sold the house uh, for a reported... 125,000 to the Sisters of St. Joseph, who ran both the St. Joseph's College School next door and St. Michael's College. Now, that was in 1926. Yeah. So 100, 125 grand was a lot more. Yeah, that was a lot of money. And also, is that Canadian dollars or American dollars? Oh, I, um, I converted it. Oh, okay. <laughs> because, yeah. But... I'm just I could convert it back. No, I'm just curious. (laughs) Um, But they also said there is like this big rumor going around once everything sold after he died. They said, uh, they say that if you enter room 29 all by yourself at night, the door will swing shut behind you. Nope. Uh, You will find it locked. Nothing you can do will open it. And if there's no one on the other side of the door, you hear your screams, or to hear your screams, you'll be trapped all night, just like Robert Christie's mistress all those years ago. Hard pass. <laughs> Don't sign me up for that. Nope. Where's Zach Bagans? He does all that crazy shit. I know, shit. he should go in there. Yeah. There's Zach Bagans. I was like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> um, fun fact, so the... Um, Nabisco maintained the Christie name and built it into a slogan, and that lasted actually until 2012. But I I don't remember that. No. (laughs) But then, so that lasted until 2012 when it was announced that the plant at 10 uh, Park Lawn would close. So I don't know. I just don't remember it being on there. Now I've got to look at old packages. 
Do I have a package of or No, well, it's 2021, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, unless my Oreos are, like, <laughs> way beyond old, which they're not. But uh, there uh, also still stands um, a, a big trademark water tower that says Christie. Um, but you could see it like kind of where like the entrance has been dismantled. Um, but they are going to do some reconstruction on the site. So now the complex is like entirely demolished. But there used to be like a cool water tower and all that fun stuff. Groovy. Yes. Um, so anyway, you um, if you go to the college, which is now Regis College uh, campus, you can see the Christie Mansion there. Um, I actually looked up a brochure <laughs> because there's pictures. Um, you, c- I mean, they don't really show you the secret room, but everybody knows it's there. Um, but anyway, but you can rent out the rooms uh, for your class or whatever. But I mean, there's no actual like tours unless you know somebody that goes to Regis College and then they can sneak you in or something. Groovy. Yeah. So yeah, Christie Mansion. It'll be a place to visit. Yes. Or we could see it from the outside. Oh, yeah, because it closed. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one that I picked is Casa Loma. Ooh. And I actually, I got to go here on a tour. Uh, nothing happened while I was there because it was in the daylight. Mm. But it is a castle that is in part of Toronto. It That's is cool. It's actually really gorgeous. It totally looks like a fifth or sixth century castle it's super cool so sir henry palat was the quote-unquote king of casaloma and it was actually his eye that led him to invest millions of dollars building this humongous mansion in toronto that is comprised of 98 rooms 30 bathrooms 25 fireplaces also has full stables and so much more so he was a leading financier, industrialist, and military officer. And he actually, I did not know this, controlled around 25% of Canada's economy during his time. I wish that I remembered more from, because I have such squirrel brain, I wish that I remembered more from the audio tour that I took, because this was back, you know, pre-COVID when nobody was afraid of germs. Yes. And they gave you the headsets and stuff. So, Which is amazing to have. Oh, yeah. This. Oh, my God. This was almost 20 years ago. Oh. <gasps> Wow. Oh. My God, it was 17 years ago. I just, like, mega-aged myself. I'm so sad right now. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Let me rip rip the white hairs out of my head. So, uh, in order to fulfill his ambitions for a palatial home, he ended up hiring Toronto's brightest architect, E.J. Lennox, to design Casa Loma. And it took 300 men three years to complete. Wow. That's a very long time. That's a lot of dudes. Yeah. So in 1882, Pellet married Mary Dodgson, who became called Lady Pellet. And she encouraged and sponsored the Girl Guides of Canada and held parties at Casa Loma for these girls. So I'm assuming that this is very similar to Z Girl Scouts in thus United States, mm-hmm. south of the border. 
So unfortunately, misfortune met the owners of Casa Loma when financial troubles forced them to evacuate in 1924. Sir Henry's fortunes were not quite enough to sustain the magic of this estate. So to finance the expansion, he actually went further and further into debt. And one source of his income was from a monopoly that he had on electrical power. Side note, how is our current electrical situation here not a monopoly? Because I don't have a choice on who provides my power. Mm -hmm. And I can't go off the grid unless I get a... Based on where I live, I cannot physically go off the grid. If I buy land in the middle of nowhere than I can, but because I live in a city, I'm stuck and I only yep. have one potential provider for my electrical. How is that not a monopoly? Anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> and also I just I hate Edison too. They make my life miserable. Well they're terrible. No, they're, they're really terrible. Um keep burning up the place and then charging us some dude <laughs> is not that the truth. <laughs> uh, just saying <laughs> crazy town <laughs> and them in pg&e california gonna turn to a giant tinderbox <laughs> sorry no shade um but in a futile attempt to restore his wealth sir henry turned to land speculation and he convinced he was well he was convinced that well to do torontonians i love that word torontonians torontonians would rush to build homes around Casaloma. however in this case his entrepreneurial sense did not take into account the effects of world war one so during the war, Canadians put their money into war bonds, not into homes. So after the war, the economy slumped, which tilted pellet and pellet into bankruptcy, and the company owed the Home Bank of Canada $1.7 million. I'm assuming this is Canadian. Uh, or in today's terms, $20 million in Canadian. Man, Oof. let me tell you, ain't nothing worse than owing the government more money. I know. <laughs> It was tax week. I mean, we like literally just talked about this. Yeah. It was tax week. Neither of us had a good day. <laughs> had a good week. Oh, boy. Um, so with his stock being worthless and business debts out of control, Sir Henry, unfortunately, was faced with a heartbreaking decision and a decision which he would always claim was made for him by the city's tax assessors. I feel you, buddy. So he chose to auction off his prized possessions for a fraction of their worth. God, that's terrible um, and he had to abandon his castle so they moved to their farm in king's township in 1924 and lady pellet passed away later that year at the age of 67 so though he lost a great fortune he never lost his spirit of philanthropy he uh his service of 50 years with the queen's own rifles was celebrated on june 27 1926 with a march past 500 men complete with the circling overhead of three military planes uh he actually died in 1939 and thousands lined the toronto streets to witness his funeral procession no oh, that's wonderful mm. he was buried with a, with full military honors benefiting a soldier who had given so much to his country so since then Casa Loma's ownership has changed hands a number of times, and it is currently in the charge of the Liberty Entertainment Group and serves as a royal getaway for the people of Toronto. Oh. Yeah. Royal cool. getaway. So, <laughs> let's talk about ghosts. Yay, ghosties. So, 
there have been several ghosts sighted at Costum. I'm really sad that I didn't see any. I mean, it totally <laughs> looks... When you look at this place and when you go through, you're like, this bitch is totally haunted. Yeah. But... Of course. Unfortunately, I didn't see anything. The bathrooms were real creepy, too. But, you know, <laughs> here we are. I was looking at pictures. I'm like... It's yeah. beautiful. Also, there's a restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We ate there. <gasps> it looks beautiful. It is spectacular. There's no reservations. No. I was checking. <laughs> oh, no. It's closed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it closed. Um, so the white lady is the most popular of the ghosts because every self-respecting haunted location has a white lady or a gray lady. A lady that is some shade of toner printer from the paper. <laughs> So, a a number of guests and cafeteria staff attest to witnessing a woman dressed in white haunting the palace. She's believed to be a maid who worked at Casa Loma in the early 1900s. Um, And there's actually a couple of folks that have, a couple of mediums that have done various seances and investigations of this place. So, one of them suspects that actually they believe she worked there when, in the early 1900s, when there was a huge influenza outbreak and Uh, 60,000 people in Toronto died from it. Oh my gosh. I know. Isn't it crazy to think that there was a time when that many people died of the flu? Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yep. Um, So she's been seen in several places throughout the grounds by guests or by the cleaning or cafeteria staff as they've been cleaning up at the end of the day. She everywhere. So the first owners of Casa Loma, Henry and Lady Palat, also have been reported to haunt the house. Uh, On one such instance, during an outdoor function in Casa Loma Gardens, a young boy was reported sighting a man at a second floor window. And the second floor was locked at the time. And the description of the man that the boy gave actually matched that of Sir Henry. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids always see everything. Kids see everything. And they're so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Like, I'll, you know what? If we have any kids listening to this episode right now, and I first off, parents, I apologize in advance because I've said many four-letter words a few times already. Yep. That being said, Kids, you have the one up on your parents. Stare down a dark hallway and just say, don't you see that man? They will lose their shit. (laughs) You hold the power, kids. (laughs) I'm going to take a kid with me to like every haunted place that we visit. So (laughs) creepy. So much creepy. It's going to make the experience more fun. Oh, so much creepy. Um so people have also reported seeing Lady Palette, uh, although with much lower frequency. People say the need to leave Ca- Casa Loma due to financial reasons led the unsatisfied spirits of the owners to never leave. So according to mediums who say they have felt the presence of Sir Henry and Lady Mary, their spirits are not trapped there. Instead, they are choosing to be there uh, in order to keep uh, or after their they're choosing to be there after they were ousted from being unable to keep up with the costs of it. Ah. So they come back in a visitation state because they were not there for very long, reports said mediums. And the tunnel leading under the castle stables is also where one of the most notorious ghosts is said to roam. I've actually... That's fair. Yeah, it's mega freaking creepy um many people have reported feeling as though they have been grabbed or had their hair pulled while they're down in that tunnel people have also reported hearing the spirit sighing gruffly and he has even been captured in recordings 
as speaking and interacting with visitors. In one recording, he's actually heard mimicking a medium who said, oh, he's a horrible person. Oh, gosh. That's creepy. (laughs) That's really creepy. (laughs) And there's always the same tone to the voice, not just the residual sound of doors slamming and such. And uh, once again, various mediums have reached similar conclusions, coming up with the same two names popping up for the man in the tunnel, although they have just resorted to referring to him as Mr. Happy as a joke. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Now, let's talk about Halloween. Ooh. So, every October, and I didn't know this, so I'm kind of pissed that I didn't know this, because I would have... This is information they should share with everybody. Right. I <laughs> I wish that this would have been shared with me, because I would have lobbied to go later. Um, but every October, the grounds of Casa Loma are transformed into an immersive theatrical experience. That's so cool. Titled Legends of Horror. So it's done in a presentational form considered promenade theater um, in which the audience kind of walks at their own pace through a two kilometer trail. I am not smart enough to know what that is in American miles in my head, but it's too long. It's two kilometers. So everyone else (laughs) in the world that's smart enough to figure out metric, you know how long this is. That starts in the lower gardens of Casa Loma and then winds its way through the castle tunnels and into the darkest places that are never open to the public. It is an hour-long experience, and the audience is immersed in a variety of theatrically designed sets in gardens and chambers, each of these introducing characters in the environment, and in which the physical location, rather than a traditional playhouse, creates the setting, which would be really interesting. So the traditional set change does not exist, but as the audience moves to the next scene, it kind of crescendos. And at the end of the production, there is a 3D projection on the exterior of the castle, which brings the characters and the storyline on the, and the walls of the castle to life. Ooh. So let's talk about tours. Yay. Unfortunately, it's closed. <laughs> until, until further notice. <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> um, because unfortunately... Canada, we love you. We are very sorry we want to come and visit you, but we know that the COVIDs is rough right now. The, the COVIDs. The COVIDs is rough right now. Um, <laughs> so, unfortunately, it's closed oh. until further notice due to COVID-19. However, uh, when I went, there were different tour options. I believe there's also a ghost tour of some sort. Don't quote me on it, because okay. the website just says they're closed. All right. And that is Casa Loma. Wow. I liked the, I looked at the pictures and I liked it a lot. It's so cool. It definitely looks very creepy and that ghosts live there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and roam everywhere. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> well, the next one I picked is Black Creek Pioneer Village. And you've really been there. I have been there. <laughs> so you'll have to share your experience. Uh, nothing um, happened. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, there it, we was, go. it was well, you so went, cool. But I was like, you went in the daytime. Yeah, I went I'm in the assuming. daytime. Okay. No, nothing cool happened. That's the, the popular day. choice at this place. Yes. Well, so Pioneer Creek Village was also previously known as the Daziel Pioneer Park. Mm-hmm. And it is an open air heritage museum that is in Toronto. And the village is located in the North York District. That means nothing to me. (laughs) But it is just west of York University. So it's close. But (laughs) it overlooks Black Creek, which is a a tributary of the Humber River. 
And the village is a recreation, a recreation, recreation. A re- See, but this is why English is so stupid. <laughs> that word is spelled correctly, but you could yes. say it two different ways and it means two different things. I know. And I totally like, and I no, know what I wanted to say. It's not you. Our language is dumb. <laughs> so dumb. It's okay. So it's like invalid and invalid spelled the same way. It means two very different things. Ugh, my brain. You're fine. It's not your fault. <laughs> so the village is a recreation, there we go, of life in 19th century Ontario and gives an idea um, how rural Ontario might have looked in the early to mid 19th century. Uh, so the village is a big destination uh, for lots of field trips. Um, from all the school tra- school children in uh, the greater Toronto area. Um, it was open in 1960 and is operated by the Toronto and Region Cons- Conservation Authority. So, uh, not Pierre Simpson, who was a restoration architect in Ontario, he devoted most of his professional life to raising public awareness of the import- importance of heritage conservation, including the Black Creek Pioneer Village Project, which he was a part of. Yay! Okay, so the village consists of over 40 19th century buildings decorated in the style of the 1860s with period furnishings. Um, It is operated by historical interpreters and craftspeople uh, housed in the restored buildings. Uh, So the the site also features historical reenactments and visiting artisans. I look on the website. They have some really cool stuff like there. And I wish I would have gone to a place like this when I was younger because I probably would have loved it. There was another one that I went to. I don't remember where it was, but it was like a settler's camp. And there were full on tents and such. And I remember they sold like little rabbit furs and you could pan for gold. And I'm trying to remember where this was. But these poor people like actually (laughs) camped out there for a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And it, I mean, it was cool to see like a little reenactment, but yeah, those people camped out there. I, I couldn't do it. No. Nope. No. No, thank you. No. <laughs> well, and some of the famous buildings that they have there is the uh, Daziel Barn. Um, just a couple of like um, homes for the townspeople kind of built. Um, they have the original strong family farm buildings, which include two of their homes because they had a lot of children i'll get into that later (laughs) um a water power grist mill a general store a blacksmith shop along uh with over 10 other trade buildings a hotel a church and a one room schoolhouse it's always one (laughs) just one room like back then they couldn't make like a whole you know campus um (laughs) but anyway so a core of the buildings uh built by the strong family are on their original sites while others have been moved uh, from moved in from across southern ontario so some of these just kind of came from other places so that means they're equally as haunted (laughs) because we don't know where they're coming from (laughs) um the majority of the buildings were moved from their original sites notably the large halfway house and the mennonite meeting house and some were rebuilt on their current locations okay so creepy ghost stories (laughs) 
Yay. So um, if you look on the website for Black Creek Pioneer Village, there is a night tour. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly not open right now. And actually, I don't, and Pioneer Village is not even it opened in the daytime so man i really wish that my mom and my brother weren't such wusses and then we could have gone on cool <laughs> shit like this well it's it's pretty cool <laughs> but they got some cool stories so i'll begin with halfway house in and if you look at pictures while oh, i'm talking yeah. about this it's oh, yeah. creepy <laughs> just looking at it oh yeah in the daytime this place is <laughs> you know how you go to these places you're like yeah this bitch is haunted this mm-hmm. bitch is totally haunted you yeah this town it kind of reminds me of when i watched american horror story um roanoke yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is what it reminds me yeah. of like the whole town just disappeared uh-huh i mean even though they didn't but i'm just saying same thing anyway so the it is hypothesized uh by the fact that alexander thompson had a lot of other jobs and responsibilities under his hat so mary ann thompson would have been the main person running the inn it's a lot of work Mm. uh especially because uh the majority of the work would have been domestic work Mm. do not sign me up anyway uh after (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) don't sign me up for the domestic stuff don't put me down for housework (laughs) So after Alexander passed away in 1867, Mary Ann licensed the inn herself. Um, in her, I'm sorry, licensed the inn herself until 1872, and this is why they think this is a big reason why she still hangs around. So she is seen in the halfway house, but they believe that Mary Ann is the woman in blue gray. That's how she's seen. And she's just around in the inn, opening and shutting doors. Um, As you do. Yeah, just doing all kinds of stuff. And then just, you know, kind of seeing her roam around the house at random hours of the day. She's also seen in the daytime. Oh. So there's that. I didn't see her. (laughs) I know. You didn't see anything. Although, (laughs) truthfully, I don't know what I would have done if I would have seen her anyway. So you probably be like, hey, what's up, girl? I don't know. We'll see. Like, mom, 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 mommy, mom, mama, 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 mommy. That's what I would have done. And then she'd be like, no, you're just seeing things. I should be like, really? <laughs> Put down your fear straight books, Sarah. Um, a, another location is the Richmond Hill Mons. I like that word. Mm-hmm. So in case you guys don't know, Mons, the definition of a Mons is the house occupied by the minister of a Presbyterian church. Specifically Presbyterian. Specifically. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> so this particular building was originally in Richmond Hill and known as basically the Richmond Hill Mons. There it is. There's how they got the name. Anyway, so this is the location where most people feel a negative presence. Um, it's pretty common, like during the tours, even daytime and nighttime, for people to stop at the door and choose not to go in. I mean, that is exactly how I feel about going to church. <laughs> did you did you feel like you, you shouldn't have gone in there or did you go in? No, I went in. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so there is a common sighting at this location of a man in a profile, silhouetted, uh, silhouetted, (laughs) 
It's all good. I'm so, I'm, I'm doing great. We're great. Uh, <laughs> in the dark with a very distinct nose. And this is said to be Reverend William Jenkins, who was known to be a very strict and stern man. People feel that his spirit is uh, malevolent and it kind of gives certain people the feeling of not being wanted inside. Again, I say Sounds like church. <laughs> um, a lot of children that are on the tour seem to be obviously most sensitive, you know, to spirits. And um, there has been said where like little kids will go up and they refuse to go in the Mons um, because they say there's a mean man inside. See, again, I say, kids, <laughs> you hold the power. You have no idea. Your parents yeah. are all scared of that stuff. You got to tell us when things are going to happen. Yeah, just look down a dark hall and say, Mommy, why is the man staring at me? Like, do that stuff. And you hold all the power. I know. They're just... <laughs> parents, right. parents, we're sorry. We're telling all your children your secrets. I know. But also, we're telling them to tell you when there's ghosts in the room. So, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Do that, too. <laughs> So, okay, so the next building is the Second Strong Family Homestead. So the Strong's fa- the Strong Family's second house was built in 1832 and is located on its original site where it's built. So it has not been moved. Um, so as I said, it was the second, but they what happened was they had outgrown the first house, which is also still located on the property. So you could still see it there. But they had a family of 10, so they couldn't use that little log cabin anymore they needed a big house <laughs> so um so in the second house um this is where strong's son michael unfortunately passed away he sadly succumbed to an injury sustained in a hunting accident that's where they all happen um yeah. <laughs> um the staff uh, believe that it's Michael, they hear, walking around the upper level of the house. Uh, he is also known to be a, a bit mischievous. Uh, employees sometimes see one of the doorway uh, ropes swinging wildly. And then they say, Michael, stop that. And then the rope would just stop. Hey, I mean, at least he listens. Yeah. I mean, I he's like, all right, fine. You're, you guys are no fun. <laughs> hey, he listens better than a lot of kids I know, so... But they say that Michael, uh, his spirit seems to crave a lot of attention. And and it says that the activity seems to increase when teenagers enter the building on the tour. Stillwell Angel. Did you did you feel anything? No. No, Michael didn't, didn't mess with no, you. No, I didn't I didn't feel or see anything, and now I'm like ridiculously <laughs> disappointed hearing more about it. I know. Okay, then we have the Berwick House, and this is the home where it is believed that a woman who lost a child and a young boy are said to haunt this building. It's always the woman who's crying, and then a little boy running around, or a little girl, one of those. Anyway, but uh, there is supposedly a baby cradle in one of the rooms. You can tell me if this is true or not. Yes. Okay, and people have seen... Or sense a woman who is sad or she is in mourning. Didn't see that. Nope, didn't see her? Nope. Okay. Um, And then, sometimes in the daytime, employees have seen a little boy in front of the house, thinking like he was lost from a group. And then when they radio out to see, you know, if a parent is looking for their child, he would disappear. Trixie little boy. (laughs) It's always them. (laughs) 
And then lastly, we have the Daniel Flynn House. And this was built in 1858 and could be found on Yon Street in North Toronto. The Flynn family was actually one of the, also one of the original inhabitants of the area. And Mrs. Flynn is said to be the spirit who haunts the Flynn House. Her husband, Daniel, was an abusive man. So in return, the spirit of Mrs. Flynn dislikes any man that visits her home. Fun fact, Young Street up until the late 90s Mm -hmm. was actually categorized as being the longest street in the world. Really? Yes. I did not know that. That's cool. It extended from from Canada. I believe it even went out as far down and over as Minnesota. Ooh. But I think it got recategorized. If I remember correctly, it was recategorized because part of it included a highway. Mm-hmm. So that didn't count. Uh, I'll have to look it up and remember. That's really but, cool. Yeah, I remember hearing that on a tour. Thank you for sharing that. That's pretty awesome. Get old Young Street. I don't. Okay, so I, I totally said it wrong. No, no, so no, thank no you're you. fine. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. All right, so tours. None of which that are open. <laughs> they all closed. <laughs> but so if you go on the hauntedwalk.com, they host a haunting at Black Creek, a paranormal adventure. And you are led through Pioneer Town only by one lantern. This looks super fun. Yeah. So like you're going through with a big group, but with one light. <laughs> So yeah, it's bound to be creepy as hell. Um, <laughs> but they also mention about different like paranormal groups that have come to investigate. And they also talk about a seance that happened there. So they'll, you know, of course, they'll talk about all the creepy stories that I've said, but also include some other fun facts too. But um, so they're not open at this time. But the website does offer a haunted at home experience for $19.99 in Canadian dollars. Um, Because it was on sale from $34.99. Groovy. Yay. Um, Also, there have been really amazing escape rooms. There's a company uh, called uh, Where Dark Things Dwell. And they made a whole escape room at Black Creek. It's pretty cool. I'm watching the little trailer for it. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. They do a good job. <laughs> um, but, uh, of course, the they don't have an escape room going on right now but if you follow them on their instagram and facebook they will uh, release when uh, obviously when things can open back up they will want to plan another session at black creek and then also if you go on the black creek pioneer village website um It'll tell you that they are closed until further notice, but they have been offering different online experiences a lot for um, young children, you know, wanting to learn something, try to do something different than, you know, looking at their teacher all day. They can learn from different um, reenactors on their website, which is kind of cool. Um, there's cooking on there. Um, there's nothing for the horror enthusiasts, uh, enthusiasts right now, um, but please follow them um on instagram facebook and you can also um join their email list to get updates awesome yeah and there it is the other one that i picked is the elgin and winter garden theater this place looks so cool oh my gosh doesn't it (laughs) it looks so cool so i'm so glad you picked this one (laughs) well i'm so pissed that i did not know about this one i went to toronto Uh. and i am pretty sure that I passed it at least a handful of times. It's beautiful. And I never went in. I'm so angry that I did not know about this when I went. It looks so 
freaking cool. And what makes it even more cool is there is a section specifically on their website that talks about their ghosts. That is so amazing. And there are four (laughs) YouTube videos that specifically talk about their ghosts. That's so cool. Right? And you you missed that? I, I didn't even know about it. I didn't even know this was a thing. Man. I know. I'm well, and, so and, look, and now we know. And now we know. <laughs> Toronto is not that far. It's like flying to New York. It's so close to New York that when we did the Niagara Falls tour, there's two ways you can see Niagara Falls. You can see it from Buffalo or you can see it from Canada. We were obviously on the Canada side. Right. And we did the Made in the Mist boat and, and got very, very soaked. Where I would pon- imagine. Where your ponchos on that, kids. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so bummed that I did not know about this at the time. But again, on their website, which is run by Heritage Trust, uh, they actually have a section that specifically is for their ghost stories. I'm on it right these. now. It's so cool. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the Elgin and Winter Garden Theater. So in 1913, a flagship theater for Marcus Lowe's chain was built in downtown Toronto. And unusually, the theater had two separate stages stacked on top of each other. So... This is actually, and I believe it's on their website, this is actually marketed as the world's last double-decker theater. Oh. Yeah. Super cool. That's so so cool. Yeah, it's, again, why I'm so mad I didn't know about this. <laughs> um, so two separate stages that are stacked on top of each other. The Elgin is on the ground floor, and it looks very similar to the Pantages. It's decorated in red and gold. Um, with very classical references, but the architect had a more novel idea for the Winter Garden Theater that's seven stories above. It's so freaking cool! So cool. It's beautiful. So... It was designed to bring the outside in. The walls were painted with murals of plants, trellises, and even the odd lamppost, uh, while the ceiling was covered with real dried leaves. As part of this whimsical fantasy-like decor, lights became lanterns and columns became tree trunks. How freaking cool is that? It's like seeing a play in the middle of the woods with fairies. Um, (laughs) Right? It's amazing. (laughs) Um, So the stage area itself represented the sky, complete with painted clouds and an illuminated moon. And it was originally built to stage a variety of vaudevillian performances. And by the 1920s, the rise of the film industry had reduced the popularity of vaudeville. So reacting to lower audience numbers, the Elgin Theater was converted into a cinema. So cool. Yeah, in 1928, after just 15 years in its operation, the doors to the Winter Garden were just locked. And they were shut for 53 years. <gasps> right? Why? Seems like a travesty. Well, because... This is so Because people like them, their motion pictures. But we can do it here. I know. Isn't it beautiful? This is so pretty. I know. Couldn't you just shit? It, I, I'm shitting right now. <laughs> <laughs> this place is gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, I want my house to look like this. I know. I'm like... Can I'm, we make this happen? <laughs> I'm rethinking all of my decor decisions in the house. I just want to hang fake flowers from my ceilings. I want my bedroom to look like this. I know. Is that is that, is that okay? I'm sure. Okay. Right, cool. <laughs> As long as you agree. I agree. 
<laughs> so in an attempt to cater to the movie market, the Elgin was fitted with a curved Cinerama screen in the 1960s, which required removing the opera boxes. Boo. <laughs> Curiously, the screen was never actually used. Um, wow. Yeah. They did all of that for nothing. Yeah. And uh, the damage to it was just covered with a curtain after the owners changed their minds. So the fate of the building continued to decline. And by the 1970s, this poor once grand theater complex uh, was <laughs> best known for showing softcore porn movies. <laughs> You know, I mean, if that place looked like that, I mean, I wouldn't what mind watching to, porn in there. What a place to get your dollies on. I mean, it's pretty. Cover your ears, kids. But yeah. right. I mean, I'm just saying I, you know, cut a hole in the popcorn bucket for that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Poor Jared is probably trying to sleep. And he's like, someone shut my wife up. <laughs> It's my fault. <laughs> I just said something bad, but it's oh, fine. I needed this laugh. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just saying. Oh, no, you're not wrong. I would feel very comfortable doing naughty things in there. I mean, I don't know that the popcorn bucket works the same way for us. I mean, I guess well, you could figure it out. I mean, oh, I'll think of something. Anyway, continue. <laughs> continue. <Step> one, <laughs> cut a hole in the box. That's exactly what I was singing. <laughs> Stick that hand in that box. Anyway. Um, okay, so the last film ever shown there was What the Swedish Butler Saw. I know what he saw. <laughs> he saw something in that popcorn bucket. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, Swedish surprise. Right. <laughs> Uh, um, but that was in the early 1980s. So, oh, okay. uh, threatened with demolition, the Ontario Heritage Trust stepped in and purchased the venues in 1981. And with a budget of $29 million, conservation specialists and an army of volunteers, the two theaters were painstakingly distored, including cleaning of the original plant work with Rob Reddo. I guess that's how you clean plant work. Okay. I mean, you learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, and weaving of over 5,000 beech branches back into the garden ceiling. Oh, you know what? That kind of makes sense, though. Right, because it's sticky? Right. And it probably doesn't, like... Um... Doesn't leave a film? Yeah. Okay, I get it. All right, anyway, continue. But then you get yeast everywhere. We all know what happens when you get too much yeast everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking something else. <laughs> No one likes a buildup of yeast. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking about. Uh, um, anyway, so anyway. Shazam! It's now a working theater again. Shazam! <laughs> no more yeast. Um, and again, I mentioned uh, the Elgin and Winter Garden is actually the world's only example of a double-decker Edwardian theater still in operation. We need to bring it back. I know! We can, need to bring this back. Can we build a 14-decker layer Edwardian theater with vaudeville performances and plants in the ceiling? Immediately. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so let's talk about the ghosts of the Elgin. So, the most famous is the Lavender Lady, and this bitch is so famous that she's actually on a stamp. 
What? She is on a Canadian postage stamp. What? Yes. A ghost has a stamp? A ghost has a stamp. That's okay. I kind of want to order that. Right? Even though I'm like, I don't need to she ever wrote, use a Canadian stamp. She wrote pretty too. Okay. Canadian money is beautiful, by the it way. It really is. It's gorgeous. It's purple. I mean, <gasps> how come we don't have purple money? There's some purple. There's, <sighs> there's purple. There's blue. There's I'm green. I'm so jealous. Why don't we got blue and purple money? We are oh. boring. We are green. Come I'm, on. I'm jealous. Dear America, get it together. Okay, so the postage stamp ghost. So she most famously haunts the upstairs theater in the Winter Garden. So Ooh. the story goes that there was a young... Okay, super morbid. Um, <laughs> there's a story that there was a young woman who was stabbed in the old Winter Garden theater washroom. She stumbled out of the washroom to look for help, but she was unable and she was able to make her way into the lobby and press the elevator button but collapsed in doing so so when the elevator arrived at the winter garden theater level the elevator attendant opened the door to discover the young woman dead (gasps) today her presence is made known more commonly through the aroma of lavender that's the name the lavender lady so a light breeze causes the scent to waft into the room she's said to make herself known by apparition um and one of the box office staff actually saw her a woman in her mid-20s blonde hair in a bun a bit disheveled um who appears to have been in a struggle um and box office staff have said to have strange instances with the elevator sometimes when there are no shows taking place at the upstairs winter garden when it's dark the elevator button uh would be pressed in the upstairs theater when there's nobody there uh so the attendant would have to travel to the top only to discover that there's no one there younger staff don't usually open the elevator door but the old older staff as a courtesy to the lavender lady open the door to acknowledge her presence oh creepy af oh my gosh (laughs) so let's talk about uh sam the trombone player so (laughs) that's amazing yes so some volunteers doing the renovation in the 80s conducted a seance session with a ouija board and almost as soon as they started a ghost named samuel identified himself he had been a trombone player in the night in 1918 and he passed away by falling into the orchestra pit of the elgin theater on the bottom floor so the volunteers asked if there were any other spirits there he said yes but when they asked to talk to them he refused oh my gosh um, I like how you said bum 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 because it sounds like a trombone. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Um, so then there's another ghost in the Elgin who is dubbed as Stan. He was a worker who helped restore the Elgin Theater in the uh, during the 80s, but died when he fell off the mezzanine. God damn, theaters are dangerous places. I know. I would be very careful in there. Yes. Um, he's not supposed to be a benevolent, or he's, yes, he's not supposed to be a benevolent ghost. The box office uh, staff member actually... Uh, had claimed to have an experience with Stan. They have dubbed him. Um, she was walking down the stairs to the lobby beneath the Elgin Theater when she heard footsteps behind her. Looking back, she didn't see anybody. She increased her speed, and when the footsteps also began to increase in speed, she had finally run down the stairs, outrunning the footsteps. Oh, my God. Gotta run faster than them ghosties. Yep. 
Um, and then last but not least, there's also a little boy who is believed to have very sad, who is believed to have fallen from one of the boxes in the Elgin Theater on the bottom level. Oh. Yeah. So he's been seen in and around that box running up and down the grand staircase from the balcony to the mezzanine level. Oh. Mm-hmm. And that is the Elgin and Winter Garden Theater. That's so cool. Isn't it bitchin'? I want to go there. I do too. It's but I also, I want to stylize my whole house that I buy. Isn't it pretty? Off of this. Dude, it's gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. Yes. I'm like, I, I, I can't believe you didn't go there. They locked the doors for 50 years. Ugh. 50 years. Ugh. What a waste. I know. What a waste. And cleaned with bread dough. <sighs> yeah. Probably, well, at least they got the, the yeast smell out. That's good. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well. That's it. That's it, everybody. That's what we got. Hey, so if you live in the Toronto area, please let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you have been to any of these places and experienced any ghosties. We'd love to hear it. Email us. Indeed. Or if you have any other fun ghost stories from any of the other places that we have discussed, please share them. We will gladly share them with other listeners. But we love reading your ghost stories because we love to creep ourselves out. It's yes. spectacularly fun. I want to read more in our fans corner. Yeah. <laughs> we got to have a fans corner, but you got to yeah. send us stuff. Yeah, send so, us all your stuff. Yeah, please email us at thesquagools at gmail.com or on our website, www.thesquagools.com. We also have a contact form yeah, on there that you can fill out and it'll send it straight to us. Yes. And also, if there are some other places that are in Toronto that you know, because um, I know there's a lot that we didn't touch on today. Oh, yeah. But if you have stories at other locations in toronto please share with us yes and don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe as well we would appreciate it and we also have merch on our website don't forget to check it out your dog may not be cold anymore but hey but it's getting hot and we got tanks oh yeah we got tanks and t-shirts yeah and you still packs and fanny packs you still need to wear a mask exactly we have that too because it's not safe nope Just because you got vaccinated doesn't mean it's over yet. Nope. There's still like a 5% chance you'll get COVID. Yep. It'll just hurt less. Yes. You won't die. (laughs) You You might feel like crap. Yes. But it won't be comfortable. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Creamer real friends. We'll scare you later. Bye -bye. Bye.